Welcome to the Redeemer Coast podcast. Our prayer is that this message will inspire hope, build your faith, and encourage you with God's purposes for your life. Father, we thank you for your presence that is with us and in us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent your word and it healed them. And Lord, I thank you for utterance and for boldness that I may speak your word, Father, according to what you have given me. In Jesus' name, amen. So how many of you guys were here last week on, from Pastor Grant's message on the call? It is one of my, probably one of my favorite things to actually talk about because it's such a huge deal. You know, every single person is not here by accident. We actually have a purpose on this earth. And the fact, I mean, you guys may sound from my accent, but I'm actually Canadian. And the fact that I'm in Australia is all part of the call. And it's such a huge thing to be able to do this for the Lord and to be able to live out his plan. And so I wanted to call this message the value of the call, because it's not something that's just oh, I'm called, great, no big deal. It's actually something that is so precious, so precious that you would base your entire life on it. So I wanted to start off with a couple years ago, um, Ethan and I were at a church service, and this is something that the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, before you were conceived, I spoke your destiny into your spirit, and then I sent you into the world. And then he said, it's up to you if you choose to obey it or not. I was like, it's a pretty intense statement. The fact that he, even way before I was even conceived, he spoke my destiny into my spirit. And that's not just for me. God is no respecter of persons. That's for every single one of you. That before you were even thought of by your parents, God spoke your destiny into your spirit. And then he sent you into the world with a mission. But it's completely up to you if you choose to obey that destiny or not. So I just wanted to read a couple of scriptures um, that Paul... Paul talks about that actually in um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, um, in verse, I think it's verse 9. And he says, um, God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not by our works, but by his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And also says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, it says, His works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. And then Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 in the Amplified Bible, because I really like how it says it here. Um, Pastor Grant actually quoted it already, but I just want to say it one more time. It says, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he has prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he has prearranged and made ready for us to live. Isn't that amazing? That way before we were even thought of, God predestined us. And if we also want to read in Psalms 139, verse 14 to 16. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn there with me. It's always good to set your eyes on the Word of God. So Psalms 139. I'm using a new Bible today, so I'm still learning where the scriptures are. Verses 14 to 16. Uh, and says, I will praise you, for you made me with fear and wonder. Marvelous are your works, and you know me completely. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and intricately put together in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw, my unformed, saw me unformed, yet in your book all my days were written, before any of them came into being. 
I'm going to read that one more time. Your eyes saw me unformed, yet in your book, all my days were written before any of them came into being. If you think about it, God has a book of your life planned out before the foundations of the world. And um, before I even came to Australia, I had the idea. I remember I was meditating on the idea of coming here and getting prepared and saving up money to get the tickets and everything. And the Lord said to me, he said, um, I thought of you when I created Australia. And just that thought of the fact that God knew me before, way before, even when he was making this earth, he knew I'd be here one day. He knew you guys would be born in this country. He knew where you guys would live, where you guys would grow up. And here you are today, living out his plan for your life. So that's why I call it the value, the value of the call. This is how important you are. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the same God who called Noah, the same God of Abraham and the God of Moses and Elijah, the Apostle Paul, Peter and John, that same God created you and designed you and meant for you to be born at this time so you could impact this generation. It is an honor to be called of God. And there is no one on this earth that is an accident. You know, your parents may not have planned you, but God certainly knows who you are, and he created you with a purpose. You know, Ephesians chapter 3 actually says that God is the father of spirits. Your parents may have given you the natural body, the flesh, but God is the one who provided the spirit. And that's why, this is kind of my side thought, but you know, cloning, how they talk about, like, they can clone sheep and that kind of stuff, and they're trying to clone human beings. My thought's like, well, how can they, they can maybe clone the body, but how can they, they can't provide the spirit. Because God is the father of spirits, so just a side thought there. But that's just what's amazing, that God knew you before you were even thought of by your parents, that you have a purpose and a plan on this life, that you are here with a mission. <laughs> okay, so there's a song from Carmen called Mission 316. And um, so this is, again, a side journey. But Mission 316, you know, you are born here with, with a mission. And this is something that you base your life on, the call of God. You're not here just to live your life for yourself. You're here to complete this mission. And it's a mindset. It, it takes time to develop it. But, so there's a song from Carmen called Mission 316, and it's based on Mark 16, 15, where it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, this is something my dad like, raised me on, on Carmen. And so I still listen to the same music over and over again. I work out to this music. It's like really old-style techno gospel stuff. It's so good. I love it. So it's called Mission 316, and he says um, to know him and to make him known. And to me, that is my life's mission, is to know God and to make him known. So whatever that looks like, that is my mission on this earth. And that's something that you have to, it takes time to discover what God has called you to do. And you know, I was maybe six years old when I, when I heard the call of God on my life to preach the gospel. I was six, and I grew up with that, that mentality of, okay, I'm not here on this earth for, for me. I'm not here. It's not up to me to make my own decisions or be what I want to be. My parents never, grew up, never told me that I could be what I wanted, whatever I wanted to be. They never said that to me. They said, Chloe, you can be what God has made you to be. It's not up to me. So that was just a different mindset. It's not common these days to hear that. You don't teach your children. Most kids teach their children, oh, you can be whatever you want to be. You're so talented. You're so gifted. That's praise God that they are talented and gifted, but they're talented and gifted because God gave them those gifts for a purpose, for a mission. So we have a choice. God created each one of us with a plan, but God gave us the ability to choose. Let's turn to Matthew 22 and verse 14. 
This is one of my really good scripture that I used to get really confused on. Matthew 22, verse 14. And it's just a simple verse, and Jesus says, For many are called, but few are chosen. You know, for years, I never understood this verse. I always thought that it meant like, yeah, everyone's called, that's great. But then the few who are chosen, those are the people who are really important. And so that's how I always thought of it. And then I heard a minister say it this way. He said, so let's just say that there's a soccer game happening next week, Saturday, and you guys are all invited to come. So you guys have all been called to come, and those people, and let's just say half of you guys show up at the soccer, at the soccer game. So everybody was called, but only few chose to show up. Does that make sense? It's that everybody is called, but few choose to actually do it. Because we have a choice. That just because God has called us doesn't mean that we automatically will fulfill that call. We have a choice in the matter. So those are people who showed up to the soccer game are the, one who chose, are the ones who valued that call enough to actually show up. So that's how it is with the call of God. There are those who hear the call, but don't value it enough to actually act on it. And then there are those who lay down their lives so they can fulfill God's plan for their life. So the question is, how do you actually value the call? And let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. And this is an example of two different types of people, people who have valued the call and people who did not value the call. Um, so 1 Samuel chapter 2, this is talking about um, Eli's sons. And it says about Eli's sons that, now the sons of Eli were corrupt, and they did not know the Lord. So even, this is even in a ministry family. They didn't, even in a ministry family, they did not know the Lord. And so that's just verse, 1 Samuel chapter 2. We'll start in verse 27. And it's that a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not plainly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house, and choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And I gave to the house of your father all the offerings made by fire by the children of Israel. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling, and honor your sons above me? to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I surely said that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me to do so. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those that despise me will be humbled. That's a really big statement. Those who honor me, I will honor. And them that despise me, will, the King James says, will be lightly esteemed. So these sons of Eli, they basically treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. They did not do what they were supposed to do with the offerings of the people. And they were, more in, they were sleeping with the women at the, at the altar, all that kind of stuff. And they were not honoring the call of God for their lives. And they treated it with contempt. And so that, that's what the Lord said. He says, surely at one time he said that I said you would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me to do so. For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. So these people did not honor the call of God whatsoever. And so it just shows you right there that we're never going to actually fulfill God's plan for your life automatically. It actually takes a decision. It takes to actually honor the call of God. And then it goes down a little bit, and it says in verse 35, God says, And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. What is in my heart and in my soul, he will do it. And I will build him a sure house and will walk before my anointed forever. What is in my heart and what is in my soul? He says, he will do it. 
And that's the difference. That is the first step of how to actually value the call, where you lay down what was maybe important to you at one time, or what was part of your desire, what your plan for your life was, lay it down and says, whatever, what's on God's heart and what's on God's mind, I will do it. And that's what he, how God said about, about Eli. He said that you honored your sons above me. It was more important to Eli to have a good and healthy family than he was too scared to actually confront his sons that what they were doing was wrong. And so he honored his sons above what God was saying to him. And then... Basically, it says, this will be a sign to you, which will come upon your two sons, um, and one day they will both die. So it's basically, it's pretty intense, right? And this is the old covenant, so I mean, thank God for grace, that we can always, we can, we can change our course of life, we can repent and become before God and get our hearts right. But that's just the extent of actually of honoring God's plan for your life and dishonoring God's plan for your life, just despising it, not counting it worthy to actually do and fulfill but I love what he says, what is in my heart and in my soul, the person who is faithful, the person who honors God, he will do, he will do it. So this is a description um, of Samuel, actually, a faithful high priest, what is in my heart and in my soul, he will do it. This is the description of a person who values the call of God. You know, it's easy to say, God, I want what you have for me. It's easy to actually say it, but the real question, real question is, is, are you actually willing to do it? A willing heart is the first step of actually fulfilling and walking in God's plan for your life. Most people want to know what they're getting into first, right? That's how we kind of do with like contracts, for example, for signing any sort of lease. We want to know what we're getting ourselves into before we sign anything, before we do anything, before we commit to anything. We want to know everything about, you know, maybe buying this car or taking this job or maybe marrying this person. I want to know everything about them before I get myself into it. But with God, it's more about first being, being willing and then you will know. So let's go to John chapter 7, verse 17. And this is something that Jesus said. How are we doing? We're doing good? Is this making sense? Excited to be called and honored to be called? So John 7, verse 17. And Jesus said to them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. And he said, If any man desires to do his will, he shall know whether the teaching is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Just that first part right there, he says, if, if any man desires to do his will, God's will, he shall know. And that's the first step, is to be willing. Willing is, de willing is a decision that is based on God's faithfulness and not on our feelings. We can trust that what God has for us is good, that it is far over and above all that we dare ask or think. And I heard the story of this minister who um, was so, he was so scared he was, being, he was going to be called to Africa. And every time you go and pray, he always felt in his spirit, will you go to Africa? And he just kept saying, no, I'm not, I'm not going to Africa. I will not do this. I'm not going. And he did this for years. And he just, so maybe 30 years or whatever it was went by. And he just got so frustrated with himself because he's like, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And then he finally got to a place and he said, Lord, if you want me to go to Africa, I'll go to Africa. And the Lord said to him, he said, great, I haven't called you to Africa. He said, I just wanted to know, are you willing to do it? So that's the thing. I mean, when I was a little girl, I was so scared that I was called to China. I'm like, Lord, I said to my mom one time, I said, Mom, I don't want to go to China. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, what if God tells me to go to China and I get killed? And I, 
looking back at it now is so funny, but I was so, like, that was a real thing. I was so scared. And I was maybe seven years old or whatever, but she's like, Chloe, wherever God calls you, it will be good. So I'm in Australia, praise God. <laughs> but to, first of all, just to be willing to do it though, willing to do. So it starts with, if any man desires to do his will, how many of you guys have that desire? You want to do God's will. It starts right there. It starts with that desiring to do his will. He shall know. So how can we discover and fulfill God's plan for our life? It starts with be willing. A faithful high priest, what is in my heart and in his, what is in my soul, he will do it. So willingness, again, is not a feeling. It's not based on what are on our plan for our lives. It's completely based on what God has for us. We're not living this life for ourselves or for our enjoyment. We're living for eternity. And let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll start in verse, verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should not from now on live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You know, we're not on this earth for ourselves. I like this mindset. That we should not live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. We're here for Jesus. I like the song we just sang, like, all I have because of Jesus. I mean, where would you be without him? Like, if he, if he, I mean, Jesus had to go through the exact same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane, too, when he said, he said, Lord, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Aren't you thankful that Jesus said that? Not my will, but your will be done? You know, look, we are the people, we are evidence on the other side of his obedience. And so the same question is for your life. Who, who is waiting on the other side of your obedience for you just to be willing to do what God has called you to do, regardless of the cost, regardless of the sacrifice, because it is such an honor, it is such a value to be called of God, that you're here for a purpose. And since you're here for a reason, you might as well fulfill it, right? So if, you're, if you're created to be a doctor, might as well fulfill it. If you're created to be an engineer, might as well fulfill that call. If you're created to be in the ministry, might as well fulfill it. If you're actually created to do that, that is why God has put you on this earth. What else would you be, do what else would you be doing? What else could satisfy you the way that God's call satisfies you? Those who live should not from now on live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. And it was so funny because I had this like whole direction I was going to take and I wrote it all out and it was all finished. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I think I'm done. And he's like, he said, how can you talk about this but not talk about Paul and the mindset of Paul? And I was like, okay. So I went back into the word and we go, let's go to chapter or Philippians chapter three. Because it's like in a movie, it's like alternate endings. So this is like an alternate ending. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. And this is, Paul's, this is Paul's attitude. I mean, this guy is absolutely amazing. His heart for God is amazing. Just if you think of his life, the high, the, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. You know, he was, he was the guy back in those days. According to the religious world, he was the one. He was the awesome guy. And then this is what he says. 
But what things were gained to me, I have counted these things to be loss for the sake of Christ. Yes, certainly, I count everything as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have forfeited the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is of God on the basis of faith, to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if somehow I might make it to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained or have already been perfected, but I follow after it so that I may lay hold of that for which I was seized by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not count myself to have attained, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead. I press toward the goal to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let those of us who are mature be thus minded. Don't you love that? Be thus minded. Think just like that. That's how Paul thought. He said all that stuff that he had, all, that, all the religious status that he had, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, he says, I count that as rubbish. All, he says, I press toward the goal to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It is a high call to be called of God. I don't care if you're called to be a garbage man. It is a high call of God. Because there are people on the other side of your obedience. You are called to reach your atmosphere, your influence, your sphere, where you are working, whether it's medical or teachers or whatever. Your field of influence is high calling. And this is something that I really believe this church, Redeemer Coast, is heading towards. That Pastor Grant spent the last couple months on love, which was awesome, about getting us mature, getting us ready, because it first starts with love. Getting your heart right with, with God, getting your heart right with people, having healthy relationships, because that definitely makes a difference when you want to witness to somebody, is to have healthy relationships. But then to go on and talk about the call of God for your life. I love that. Like This is something that God is getting ready on the inside of us, is to become bold in what you are called to do. And if you may not know what that exactly what that is yet, but it starts with being willing, saying, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you've called me to do. And once you're willing, he will begin to slowly reveal to you what he's called you to do. And then, um, so I like how Paul says, if you go on, if you read on in verse 15, he says, therefore, let those of us who are mature be thus minded. So we think like this. And he says, and if you think differently in any way, God will reveal even this to you. So if there's any area in your life that would maybe hinder you from doing what God has called you to do, anything that's maybe taking up the time or taking over like your desire in your heart. Because there's, I mean, there's been things in my life that have taken priority sometimes over what God has called me to do. Things that are a distraction, things that would take me away from studying his word, things that would take me away from developing and spending time with the Lord. Ask him to reveal those things to you. Sometimes it's just a small thing, like what you do first thing in the morning, waking up and maybe a little bit earlier. Sometimes people value sleep more than spending time with the Lord. You know, and sleep is good, but you know, how much more beneficial is it to actually spend that time with the Lord, ready to hear what he has called us to do? You know, let's say you go to a job on a Monday morning, you have to go to work. You wake up maybe 15, 20, half an hour earlier, and he gives you something. He says, I want you to talk to this person. Just hearing those little day-to-day things, and that will, that will transform your life into everything he has called you to do. Because growing up, one thing that I always thought of, you know, I always saw myself preaching, and I basically went from thinking as a child, 
my next step would be preaching in front of thousands of people. And thank God that's not it, because I have a lot to learn. But it's, not, it's a day-to-day thing, step by step, little by little, he leads you. And like, that's the why I'm even here right now in Australia, is because little by little, he has led me here. He, that's why I'm in Redeemer Coast. He's led me here, little by little. It's not just one day, all of a sudden I'm in right in smack in the middle of God's will. It's little by little, faithfully obeying what he has told us to do. Whether he says, talk to that person, because that could be a divine connection, or take that job, or move to that place, or take that house. Little by little, those, those connections, those opportunities are from the Lord to lead you into his ultimate plan for your life. And this is the mindset of Paul. I press toward the goal to the prize of the high calling of God. And you know, I can say for a fact, I mean, I'm only 24 and I still have a long way to go, but following God's plan for your life is so worth it. It is amazing. It is a high calling. It's not like just you sacrifice everything. You've sacrificed your desires and you sacrifice the things that you wanted. I mean, there are times where you sacrifice some things that you kind of wanted for the sake of what God has called you to do, but he always rewards you. He makes it so worth it. The wonderful privilege it is to hear from heaven and to do it. And some of you guys may know this story, um, but when I was in 2014, it was, and I remember I was working as a, as a personal trainer and everything, and I was just getting really kind of annoyed with my life, because I'm like, I've, I felt like there was something more. I just didn't know what it was or where to start. And I remember I got home from work, and I sat on my bed, and I said, Lord, what's next? And I just heard in my heart, he said, Rama Australia. And Rama is a, is a Bible school in Brisbane that I went to. And um, when he said those words, Rayma Australia, I just, I was like, is there even a Bible school in Australia? I didn't even know. And so I Googled it, and I looked it up, and I'm like, this looks like a cool light. This, is, looks, this looks cool. And so I talked to my parents, and my parents went to Rayma in the States back in the 80s. And um, I said, what do you think if I went to um, Rayma in Australia? And my mom's like, well, how about in the States? Is it a bit closer? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I'm like, I really feel like it's in Australia. And my mom was like, well, Chloe, if that's what you feel, then, then you go for it. And then I was like, okay. And so then I talked to my dad, and I asked him, I said, well, what do, what do you think? And now before, you don't, you don't just go talking to anybody about what God has told you to do. There are specific people, that's why you have people like Pastor Grant, for example, people who are leaders who you can actually ask, because you know, people, sometimes people's opinions aren't the most supportive. So you need to talk to people who are trusted. So I could, I could trust my parents. They are very faithful in the ministry. And so I asked my dad, and he said, that's, that would be, that's a good thing to do. So I sat on it for about 24 hours. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the excitement of it kind of dwindled, because then I thought about, well, how is this going to work? How, I can't afford to fly to Australia. I need a visa. I need to pay for school. I need to pay for the books. I need to have an apartment. I've never moved out of the home yet. So going from living at my parents' house to Australia was a bit of a step. And so all of a sudden, the excitement of it kind of dwindled down, and I was like, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. And then the next day, my dad brought it up again. He said, well, are you going to go? And I said, and I just kind of rekindled, rekindled it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is possible. And he said, and my dad said to me, he said, you know, it's not, it's not, don't base it on money. He said, just believe God, and the money will come. I'm like, okay. 
And that also that desire, that passion to do it, that desire to want to do it came back so strongly. So that next day, by Monday morning, I got my application, I sent it in, I said, I'm gonna go. I just, before I could talk myself out of it, I'm gonna do it. You know what, that 20, 2015, the year that I went to Rama, Australia, was probably one of the most pinpointed moments in my life. That one decision to obey changed the entire course of my life. And that is why I'm here now in Australia, on the Sunshine Coast, with Pastor Grant, with, these, with you guys, with these amazing people and this amazing church, just because just doing what God has said, one little step at a time. And that was kind of a big step, but it took a little, little steps to get there. And that's what we're here now. And it's just, Ethan and I are living probably, what, the best life we're living right now. I'm, I'm so happy here and so thankful to be here in Australia, in this, let alone Sunshine Coast, where Steve Irwin Zoo is like 20 minutes away. I mean, that's so cool. Steve Irwin for the win. He's awesome. But it's just, that's just the call of God. He rewards you for your obedience. So it's just, it's just making that commitment to say, God, whatever you say to me, I will do it. Just like his servant said in Samuel. He said, what is in God's heart, what is in God's mind, he will do it. Amen? Amen. Well, let's, let's all stand up. And I just believe that this is something that God is working on the inside of each and every one of us here. You know, like it says, therefore, let those of us who are mature think like this. And that if you think differently in any way, God will reveal this to you. And so I just had it on my heart this morning just to spend some time with the Lord, just spend time just in quiet and ask the Lord to reveal anything that would hinder us, that would distract us from doing what he has called us to do. Because the value of the call is worth so much more than what we think is important. The riches of this world, what this world has to offer is nothing compared to the value of the call of God in our lives. Thank you for listening. We trust that you've been encouraged by the message. Please consider leaving a review and subscribing to receive new content. For more information about Redeemer Coast, visit www.redeemercoast.com or find us on social media where our handles are at Redeemer Coast. Until next time.